Jerome Clark on the mic. Yes, I'm doing what I do, representing for the ladies, but he's speaking for the goons. Back and forth with the banter, banter, banter. You got questions, we got answers, answers, answers. Every week we bringing you the entertainment and the news. Welcome to our podcast for the ladies and the goons. Ladies, goons, ladies, goons, ladies, goons, ladies, goons. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Ladies, Ladies and Goons podcast. Podcast. Ooh-wee. It has been quite a couple, few days or weeks for me. A um, lot of, like, bad things have happened, and trying to turn that around today, start anew, so... Um, a few people. I've lost a f- couple co-workers, and I lost a friend on my birthday. So, um, sending prayers out to those families and sending positive thoughts to them as well. Mr. President, how are you? I'm good. You're good. Life is beautiful. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're at episode 21. How do you feel? I feel like it's less than episode 21. Like it's episode 5. You think it's episode 5? Why? That's what it feels like. Something early. Okay. Alright, alright. Well, today's episode, we're just going to talk about a few topics and get our opinions on some things. And then, um, of course, we're going to have Buck's things that he finds interesting um, and we're going to get it rolling. So I think I'll start us off. So I wanted to talk about diversity in a sense. So how diverse is your friend group, workplace, or neighborhood and in what ways? So I'm going to diversity is a is um is a thing that people kind of misconstrue a lot I see in my everyday life and working in diversity equity and inclusion in my other job my day job um, I noticed that diversity often means to people black or female or something that is adding something that is lesser into what you think the norm is so I want to debunk that right now. Diversity does not mean that. Um, There are a number of things that do mean that, but diversity is not it. Um, So diversity is having a number of different things together. So you can't exclude, which I run into a lot, you don't exclude whatever is considered a majority is not excluded out of diversity. They have to be there as well to be diverse. Um, But my, I would say my friend group is... My friend group and my workplace kind of mix together a lot because I live on a campus and I'm here with people. So um, the people that I see and interact with a lot, um, to me, it's pretty diverse. Um, It's pretty diverse in in many different ways, whether it is gender, sexuality, um, cultures and um, age, ability. There's a there's a lot. around me at all times that I navigate and interact with. So But you also call a lot of people friends that I wouldn't say are friends. 
I think we have different definitions of that word. Okay. So what's your definition of a friend? Um, a friend would have to be somebody that I trust. Or someone I know has um, some kind of interest in me personally. Some kind of common things like Okay, I can see that. <clears throat> I think I have different friends um, in different situations, and what what that friendship brings is not the same for every friend that I have. So I might have friends, like people that I consider friends that are coworkers, um, and not all coworkers do I consider friends, but there are people that I consider friends that are coworkers, and then... Um, I have people who are friends from a long time ago, like way back. I have a lot of friends that I don't talk to that often because I'm the person that's really bad with communicating, but that's still it's still there. But I don't I don't have a friend definition where you have to like be I I try not to put too much um pressure on what I expect from someone that I call a friend only because First of all, uh, human beings can be disappointing, and I and I, I kind of want to give some type of fairness to to something that I consider a friendship. Now, when I'm talking about like best friend or friends that you consider family or things like that, that's a that's different. But do I consider like everyone that has the title of friend on like Facebook or something friend? No, most a lot of those people I don't necessarily know at all. But, you know, as far as work, as long as, and so for me, I can have a, I have a lot of friends. I have some acquaintances, um, but especially I've, I've tried especially to not put too many expectations on, on a friend because I know there's a lot of times just thinking of myself, there's times that I really care for people, um, but I fall short in like sometimes being there because life happens and um or i'm just not great at communicating sometimes or communicating my feelings or staying in touch so i try not to put those same things on other people so it's easier for me to and also i i I realize that taking people in smaller doses even if that's me being around people in smaller doses um works well as well because there's less less to nitpick and less for them to get wrong but i still consider those people friends I know you don't consider um, those people friends necessarily. So um, how many people would you say is in your friend group? I don't know. Because I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I have an answer for that either. I have a large family. um, And some of my family members are actually my friends. And some family members I don't necessarily get along with. So I don't consider them friends. So I can, like, differentiate that as well. But I think I have a, a, a good amount of people that I can consider a friend that if something were to go wrong, I could call and they would either give me some type of suggestion or some type of help. And I would hope that I could do the same thing for them as well. But anyway, getting back to this the... This would have been a great topic if you had presented it at any time when we were doing the, um, the planning for the show. Yeah. Prior to just being on the show. 
what I expect from friends is like trust. That's like the main thing. Trustworthy. If I can't trust somebody, then I don't want to be friends with them. I'm not going to make any kind of concessions and like say that this person is my friend and then not put them in a position where I have to trust them to do something because I know I'm not going to be able to and I don't want to be disappointed. I'm not that thirsty to have friends. I'm not going to make any kind of concessions in my beliefs or anything just for the sake of saying that I have a friend. Friend is a very... I think friend is like... If you have a relationship, you have to be the person you have a relationship with, like, uh, what's it called? Not just sexual, intimate relationship with someone. I think that would be a friend. I think friend needs to be taken, like, more seriously. There are people that are acquaintances and associates. I have a lot of those. But like friend, what is a friend? What's the definition of the word friend? Um, I think there are a lot of different definitions of it. So we could even, since I'm more so focusing on the diversity of people that are around you, you could use acquaintances, but not like people that you don't know at all. Not like acquaintance, like you know the person, you've seen their name somewhere before or whatever, but someone that you actually interact with in a somewhat regular space, even if it's not in person. Um, so once you have sex with somebody that takes it out of the friend zone, but you first should be friends. A person whom one knows and with whom one has a bond of mutual affection, typically exclusive of sex or family relations. Yes, yeah, it says, I mean, it says typically, but I think you can, like I said, you can have family that's not your friends, and you can have family that is your friend. And you can have friends that are so close that they become like family, even though they're not blood. How could they become like family? It doesn't make sense if you can have family that's not friends. Yeah, you can have family that's not friends, and you can have friends that are more important to you and um, more loyal and more trustworthy um, than your family is, and so you decide to adopt them as family instead of just friends, like people that you would do anything for, which is what... I mean, that sounds... That sounds... noble... and gesture, but... being technical... You can't say that you have family that are not friends. So those family that are not friends, you would still do anything for just because they're your family. And then when you have a friend that you're very close to, they fit into the same space as the family members that you would do anything for, even though you have family members that are not your friends and you would still do anything for them. No, I think family members are technically, they technically get a space that is like, oh, this is family or a blood relation. But that doesn't mean that I have that connection with them. There may be friends that I would choose or prefer over them because of the bond that we have as a friend. So that's why I say friend. I mean, it's just kind of. But what does that family label come with? You said what? What does the family label automatically come with? Because if you're saying the friends move into that group, then that group of family has to have like some kind of privilege 
Yeah, I guess. So So what are those things? There I mean, so there are different types of family. So they're like there's blood relation and That's what we're, that's what I'm speaking of. Blood relation family. These people are held in the highest regard to you. That's I'm assuming based on what you're saying. They they can be and I think that I think that's cultural. So So what do these people have? What are the perks of being in that family group? I think it should be love and support. Um, Don't you do that for friends? Yeah, some friends. Um, but like, I think it's. it might also be in my mind, it might also be the a past. Like, they may not necessarily all the time um, deserve the love, support, and respect or... Um, and maybe they get more of a pass than someone who is not a blood relative. But I'm so not sure. when they violate certain things, you um, are willing to overlook it faster. It may, yeah, it may take like some time, but it's like they're tethered to you in a different way with lineage and with like blood to where because I know. I know there are times, and I know definitely growing up I've heard, you know, this is your sister or this is your aunt or this is whatever, and you have to, family has to stick together, so it's in, a little bit ingrained. Um, but as I've grown, um, I've realized that sometimes those people can be toxic. I, there's, there may still be some type of connection there and wanting to, you know, stay connected in some, some way, but um, I think Is that, that connection from it being... Um told to you or is that like a willingful willingness to I think it's from being told really from being ingrained like I said ingrained from from a young age even if you're not getting like even if you don't get along with your siblings you should you would band together against anyone else to support them or or protect them or help them so that's one of those things until it I mean like I said, as you get older, until it gets way too toxic to where you're like, no, this this can't be. This is not good for me. Um, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily healthy either, because there's some really toxic people out there that happen to be relatives um, for many people. So. But, yeah. but do you? I don't cons- really overlook things, regardless of who it's coming from. Yeah. But that's just me. I was always taught that family was important. As well. But personal experience has showed that family members are people. The world is full of people. True. And maybe the people that tell you that family is important and whoever told them that family is important kind of did that to to make sure that they always had someone watching their back, you know, early on. We're like, all right, I'm going to tell people this. So I always have this this place where I can go back to and say that, you know, you have to help me. It's a possibility. Maybe I, um, this is like a new way of thinking that I'm coming into. Like, I believe that we're all family on the planet. 
the whole race is family. Human race, that is, the one race. So, they're going to be friends and they're going to be, I don't want to say enemies, but they're going to be people that you don't have, that don't have mutual affection. The affection is not mutual. Like, you can love somebody else and they don't really, or care for someone else and want to see the best for someone else and they don't feel the same way about you. And that's just people in general, I believe. I agree. And I think if we see this thing, because if if everybody saw it like that, when they realize, like a lot of people start to like go what I would say is bad when they feel like the people who are supposed to be closer to them don't aren't there for them yeah and people lose the will to do good or spread love when they feel like they don't have those people that's true and if it was looked at as the world is full of people and you don't have to be like blood related to be family then I think it would be a more peaceful place because without that blood relation people start to get selfish and then they start to think about themselves only not thinking that there's billions of people out there who care for them. That's true. And then some people, some people are just more attractive in some way, personality or whatever, so they get an abundance of different types of people who care about them from first glance and others have to work a lot harder for it and, and can become a lot jaded as well. But I, but in your in your theory of like the world being a family that would be the mo- most diverse it could possibly be that's why I always say strength is the first thing because the strength to endure the fakeness of this world like you say a person is attractive and they might they might seem it might seem like people want to help them but ultimately the people want something from them that's true and when I say attractive I'm talking about their personality their aura not like looks or anything but just like some people you just really like whether they're really funny or you just see someone and you're like that person's really cool and I want to say hello or whatever in friendship not talking about anything else right because they want a cool person to acknowledge them so they feel cool yeah, or someone funny because they someone feel often funny, feel so sad. they want them to laugh. They want yeah. them to be around and make them laugh yeah. to help them through their hard time. Because I think people rarely see someone and say, "This is what I can put to the, in, it add to that person's life." Like ever, you're just kind of like, "How do I feel right now? What is my space? And do I have room for, or do I need the energy that this person has?" But I don't know of many people that are like, "Hmm." I mean, every once in a while, like I know I'll see someone that looks really sad or sitting by themselves and sometimes I'll walk over and talk to them and my thought process is they look like they're alone or they look like something's wrong and I just want to kind of help out um, 
so those are the few times that I see that but other than that it's usually like oh I like that person you know what I need that person to be in my life I'm missing this part of in my life and that person can fill it um, and sometimes that's without thinking how you can reciprocate for that person because it's usually not the same thing that you'd give back to them well I usually try to like if I see someone in the service industry like even a cashier like I ask them how they're doing because it's the mechanical thing of hey hello like mm-hmm. people not even really listening and just like yeah ring my stuff up or do what you're supposed to so I try to like show a little bit of interest I'm genuinely interested in them yeah not because I expect them to do something extra for me or anything but just because I feel like it could brighten their day a little bit and half the most of the time they're like wait what <laughs> they don't realize they're like what what's going on right now because they're on autopilot too so Right. When and someone actually bad. asks a question and waits for the answer, which we then are. Then I'm like, like bad at that. <laughs> That's what I have to improve on because sometimes, sometimes people are not as receptive. They're not even paying attention like when you ask them. So. Yeah, because it's the monotony of doing the same things over and over. You're at work. People don't care. So you don't expect that the person is actually caring and wants to to engage or maybe you just had something really horrible happen or a horrible customer and you're like i don't want to engage or talk to anyone like i just just leave me alone um so sometimes but if you're like with you it's genuine what you're putting out so if you're putting out something that's genuine even if it's not well received that shouldn't it wouldn't shouldn't make a difference to you because you put out what you were putting out not so that you could receive something nice in return Still, I guess it's that ego that makes me feel up that way, like offended. But yeah. Was that a topic that you just freestyled? Where'd you get that from? No, these topics are from the same cards that we said we would return back to to our um, audience the last time we used them. Oh, I didn't know we got into that because I didn't know what your card said. Yep. Uh, Have I ever experienced my body being objectified, sexualized, or commodified? If so, how did that make me feel? Yeah, so... Has that happened to you? And how did that make you feel? Well, I could say technically. As a male, yes. As an athlete, mm-hmm. my body was commodified. Mm-hmm. Sexualized as a male. Hmm. That's tough. Can't really tell. It's hard to tell. So I would have to say no. Well, I mean, there are some times when I worked as a bouncer and then, like, women just touch you. Like, Is that, like, sexualized? Objectified? Probably, because anyone just touching you, like, 
there's some kind of connection that they're trying to have um, in doing that. And if it wasn't welcomed, then yeah, that falls under it. I just interpreted it as they wanted something else. Like it's like a trying to get over. I guess these things never, I never took them personally and I just accepted them as how they, how things are. People are manipulative and they use you for what they can use you for. Commodified as an athlete. It's like if you're hurt, then they can't do anything for you. Or you're no interest. But I took that as business, though. I think that, um, I think that for males and for females, the same things happen. But how we are raised and how society portrays it for us um, makes it probably easier for a female to answer that question um, than for a male because you're you're sitting and trying to think about it and so the the example that you brought to me automatically I was like yep because if someone touches me or if someone's trying to talk to me and I'm in my little bubble and I didn't invite that that kind of falls under that um should it? I'm not sure, but as females, I know it does, especially if it's someone that you don't know, um, because we're taught to, to to keep a distance, and people are not supposed to like invade your space, and it's also somewhat of a of a um, safety issue to have people that are possibly stronger than you um, around you and invading your space in a way that you don't want. But it happens to men a lot. And I see them kind of just brush it off because there's not really a space for them to say, oh, I don't, this wasn't right. I don't like that. Or you're, it's considered macho to have people like, or women or men, if that's what you're into, then um, falling all over you, it's considered the, the end thing and you're, it's, it's praised. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think back to that photo that was floating around of ASAP Rocky with the crazy looking face um, and everyone was kind of making fun of him and he said that a female fan grabbed his private parts like really hard um, and everyone's laughing and it became a meme and if that were a female that said the same thing it wouldn't be the same and he was actually really upset because he's like I don't want this person touching me and Especially as a celebrity, of course, you're objectified and you are sexualized and all of that. And people say that it comes with the, you know, with the territory. But in a sense, I feel the same about what people perceive with men. So, yeah, they're not all celebrities, but I think you, they, people feel that that just comes with the territory and they should be happy that someone is, is trying to sexualize them or objectify them as if they don't have feelings of their own. Um, And everybody doesn't necessarily want everyone um, around them, touching them, attracted to them. Like, it's fun to be like, oh, people think I'm attractive. But at the same time, you have your own standards of who you like and who you want in your space. So regardless of what that is, you know, you should be able to go through this world without feeling like 
number one, you have to dress a certain way because if not, you're attracting this or you have to be a certain way. For men, it's not usually how they dress, but it could be, you know, it could be, it could be, oh, they're wearing this chain or they're, um, they have, they're showing their money too much. It's too flashy. Like there's a lot of restrictions that are put on both sexes, but they're a little bit different, especially black men. Um, they're wearing a hoodie. There's already a, a perception or you know, people, they're in the gym, so this person is strong, or this person is showing their muscles, so they want me to catcall them, because there's a lot of females that do that as well, like, they see a man that looks good and is muscular, and they're like, oh, he wants the attention, that's the same things that we do with females, and people imposing their thoughts and what they feel they want to do, and it's just like, I'm free to do and say whatever I want, and impose on someone else, so this is one of those topics that's like, it's super easy like you could trip and fall and find some female that's being object objectified in the industry in 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 everything in everyday life and you can see it and it's easy to 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 point out because we're trained to see this but i think it happens a lot on both sides it happens a lot even and when i say in the industry we see like commercials or whatever geared towards women and young women looking a lot sexier than they should or older than they should. But especially behind the scenes, a lot of that happens with the young boys too. Um, it's just not portrayed, but they're put in crazy situations and ultimatums and people doing things that they should not be doing with them as well. So I just want to put that out there. I'm gonna well I did talk about uh, entertainment a little bit so I'm gonna switch a little bit to media and pose a question um, do you think the media makes us more or less bigoted polarized and judgmental say that again do you think the media makes us more or less bigoted polarized and judgmental The media in general? Yep. All media, social media, news media, entertainment, whatever is being projected and displayed and broadcasted to the masses. So mass media. And newsprint and all of that. And social media and your local group. It could be anything, but what, it, what you see out there. So the media. Bigoted, polarized, and judgmental. What does polarized mean? Um, two opposite ends, so separated. Like, one example, Republicans, Democrat. Like, you're just, like, mm. completely opposite ends. It has to be this or this. Um, and taking whatever you hear and, and twisting it to make sure that it fits your narrative so that you can continue to be on those two ends. I would say most media makes us um, more those things. Yeah. I would say I was trying to think really hard while you were thinking <laughs> to see if any, any media that makes us less of those things. And I couldn't think of any. I couldn't even think of you can't even say like religion or something that or, or spirituality or something that's supposed to bring you together. Even the newsletters that they send out or whatever. Um, those are very polarizing 
Um, but if not, that's why I asked what is media because today we're living in a time where every person can be a media source. Yeah, exactly. So I know there there's a, a lot of people that I follow and a lot of people that I um, admire that that uh, speak of unity, just all around unity and mm-hmm. overlooking those differences and things like that. Yeah. So that's why I couldn't say yes immediately, but the larger scale media seems very divisive. I agree. I mean, and if I if I really look at even the people that I think are like all about love, peace, and unity, when something really tragic happens or there's like a divide, even when those people try to jump in to be like we should care about each other or whatever, it still sometimes comes off wrong and sparks another like polarized situation regardless of what it is. You could be talking about learning about other cultures and coming together um, and learning true history and coming together and, and, and respecting and loving each other and that turns into, quickly turns into um, you're an anti-Semite or you're a you're racist or you're, so it's they even really, hated on Jesus, man. Yeah. Yeah. People are just, it's, it's, it's wild because you don't have to choose to listen to those things. Yeah. And if there weren't so many people who embraced those things, then I don't even believe mass media would be able to get away with it. It's also that media doesn't just report what happened. Like, this is the facts, draw your own conclusion. There, It's definitely, depending on who's telling you, they use what's there to push the narrative that they want. Right. And depending on where you're catching someone, you can catch someone in a, in a horrible time in their life and convert them very quickly to whatever it is that you want. And that's the point. Like Media wants to reach out, reach, to, reach a lot of people and change their mindset to, to fit whatever narrative you, you're pushing. Um, usually for money, but mostly, I think, for power and control. So those, I mean, which are more more important than money because once you have power and control, you have money. Um, so I think that it is in media's best interest in their minds to do exactly what it is that they're doing. Um, and the same people that push one agenda will be the same ones that are fighting against it in another platform. Right. So someone can be pushing over-sexualizing children and making money off of that and then the next thing pushing to fight some other kind of thing and you're like boy you're not really fighting that you just want it to look like that because you own this over here you know so media is very scary because it's not monitored it just is what it is and and people take these things and they run with it and they wholeheartedly believe and support it and depending on how um likable believable Powerful. There's different reasons why people are attracted to different speakers. But there are, I don't believe there's any media form that isn't monitored. You said that isn't? Correct. Even down to the little media of people on their Instagrams or their social media pages, and they become like small media platforms themselves. The algorithms, as we call it now, or whoever's controlling how many people see it, there's still somebody monitoring. Yeah. There's, you can't just get on uh, 
mass media on a big broadcast network and just say anything. Yeah, the different media outlets have someone that they answer to. I'm sure there's some, I mean, not sure. There is some way for people, for someone to hack and like broadcast to everyone. But these places that allow certain things to to go out to the mass media, um, even when it's crazy, horrible, bad, it fits any, it, it's all being monitored, you're right, and it fits the objective of what it is they're trying to portray. If something goes out and it looks crazy, looks like, oh my gosh, why would anyone do this? We're reporting on it because we're just reporting the regular news. That's just how it is, but it makes someone look horrible. And so you're like, all right, we could do that. The same thing, switch up some of the, switch up some of the scenario, not even the scenario, it could be the same scenario. You could switch the race of the people that are in it or um, the gender or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's, we can't report this or for the, out of respect for the family or the minor, we won't show this but then another person same situation and no the public has a right to know so it is you're you're right it is monitored and social media is monitored if you're using platforms that are monitoring you know and censoring what you're doing and there are some platforms where it doesn't and you just put the stuff out there but i don't know how many people actually use those but then still monitored by someone someone has um created it and decides what they allow and what they don't allow, even if what they allow is just everything because they want chaos. And uh, they determine, media usually determines what is accepted and what is taboo for a society. Yeah. It, and it's, it's crazy because um, the United States... Um, land of the free and freedom of speech and blah 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 um, has opened up a lot of um, it's just I, I believe it has opened up a lot of chaos um, to society itself and influenced other cultures and societies to have all of the have more widely accepted craziness um, on TV easily accessible for children um, I know you got to be more specific when you say craziness. Craziness, like, um, like I said before, over-sexualizing young, um, young people um, and pedophilia and, let's see, I don't know, just... I remember it used to be, like, taboo to talk about sex, mental health, and, like, wealth. And that yeah. doesn't seem to be the case anymore. I remember when you could turn on the TV and you would not see really any sexual... It would have to be innuendo, but there couldn't be anything that's just overtly. Sometimes now you turn on the TV and if they're like young kids around, you have to like dive in front of them like, okay, and change their... like. It's like too much for for just general public. And I know in like... I know in Jamaica, they're, they're changing a lot of the laws... Um, which I don't necessarily see. I, I don't necessarily want someone to tell me what I can and can't watch, which is what this all comes down to. But I would I would rather that people that we don't the people that we say cannot make decisions for themselves without an adult not have access to all of this, that their brains are not ready to like make choices and figure out what's going on so early in life. 
And I think that's where I have that issue. Like, I would be fine with if there was, you know, you can do and say and watch whatever it is that you feel as an adult, but as kids, if we would kind of shelter them a little bit more. And I don't even know how that, I mean, I don't know how that happens. Because then you still have parents that'll be like, okay, even if that were the case, they would right. kind of just let their kids do what they let them do. Our um, parents or kids that don't have parents. Or kids that don't have parents. Um, but, but speaking on, on adults, strictly. Yeah. In your circle, what is something taboo you wish you could speak about openly? Something taboo I wish I could speak about openly. Um, hmm. That's kind of a tough one. So in my circle, like I said, I have a lot of co-workers in my circle. Your circle is not really a circle. And I, <laughs> yes. I mean, the people I interact with most is the only outside of my co-worker circle. There's not really anything I can't talk about to friends that I have. Um, unless there were like my, unless like my parents or something or my mom I should say um, and I I, li- I I work at a school of with minors so there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of things that not that I necessarily want to just walk around talking about um, that's what I, I was asking you about friends like your friends or what people friends. that you just met and you knew that you never speak to and never have conversations with or your family members who you know have uh, mutual affection for you and they have showed that they have mutual affection. Yeah. I mean, even when people have mutual affection, sometimes it's like I can't talk about certain things. I wish, okay, I think I have one that um, that overlaps all of those for me because it's something I know I always stop and say, okay, I can't talk about this. Well, there's two things, but one thing... Um, is having conversations about true history and the origin of humans and um, not the fake narrative that we are fed in schools and other places that make black people seem like they're inferior. That's taboo in your circle? That's taboo in a lot of circles. Um, remember, remember, uh, Martin Luther King was stabbed by a black female. Like it's it. it there's something. There's something about that that is almost up on par with talking about questioning somebody's religion. You know, like when you question that and people are willing to die for that thing. This seems to be something that, because it makes people feel lesser than or inadequate or, of course, lied to it becomes it becomes you against like the world and people get too emotional people get way too emotional and most of the time it's like the people that really care to ask these questions are really asking questions they're not trying to push a narrative you're trying to ask questions you're trying to figure out what's going on and figure out yourself and like where you where where you fit in your lineage in the world and in society and not just what someone is telling you because they want you to feel like you're accepted you're just not where we are and I think that goes across all like that goes across everything like even so talking about that talking about even like eating properly which becomes a a, an issue in every circle because uh, again people think that you're attacking them 
um, because you're talking about something that you, that they love. Something um, they're emotionally attached to. Emotionally attached to and that they love, honestly. And it's... So those would be... Those are the two things. Um, there's a... Like, there's a, there's a question going around the internet right now. Like, would you rather $5 million, <clears throat> $5 million or five minutes um, speaking with Jesus Christ? And it's like... That's how, like, it's, it's like one of the, and almost every answer that I've seen has been five minutes with Jesus. So, yes, um, that it's that. So it's it's like, a, and everyone, it took them a long time to say it, but everybody came up with that answer. And I think a lot of people came up with that answer because they're like, all right, people are seeing this. I want to look like I'm a, a good person. And some people genuinely, it's like, okay, if I talk with this person, I can have everything, you know, they can, t you know. Or whatever, but it, that's how important it is. You could have put a hundred billion there, and some people would still say want say you know a conversation, um, because that's how ingrained a lot of these things are. And I'm not saying that is right or wrong. I'm just saying that it's it's an emotional attachment um, to any of these things. So that would be I'm saying too. But like one is kind of connected to the other. So origins of like um, of humans. The innovations and things that have come about and who like really did all those things and have conversations of that and also um, like health and diet um, and talk about Dr. Sabi without people acting like he's a witch doctor who tried to trick people I guess trick people into health that might be what they think is going on but you know people does people have I wouldn't even say it's love for these things. They have an obsession and a toxic attachment to certain things. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is misconstrued as love by many people. And in this, in this society, probably, because that goes back to the friendship thing and the family thing. People have accepted these attachments to people objects experiences and yeah. sometimes it's just uh, promoted if it's accepted by people then well by the masses which can be helped greatly by media mm-hmm then it becomes a narrative that it is a thing that should be accepted and people are comfortable with it and they'll fight for it. But then if it shows, sometimes people have attachments to things that are listed or known to be taboo. I would yeah. say represented as taboo. Yeah. Largely by a large group of people. They'll still have those toxic attachments, but they won't be as loud with them true and living in a time where right and wrong is not even like is argued like you could argue what's right and what's wrong yeah right and wrong depending on who and what you want out of it so it becomes like hard to have these conversations on things that are vital and important to life yeah because I'm Even like, speaking truth? on the food, you'll say, well, this is the right way to eat, and they'll say right for who? 
True. I want to enjoy my life and mm-hmm. enjoy what I eat. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they'll say, I'd rather live 40 years and be happy with what I'm doing than live 80 years and be miserable because I don't like, which right. really probably wouldn't happen because as you condition yourself to eat a certain way, it becomes normal to you. But anyway, that's another topic. But Right, but that's that back to those attachments. That's the same topic. People have these attachments from their experiences. Like a lot of people have feelings of eating certain dishes because they've shared them with the people that they love. Yeah. Or the people or their family. And it brings back those memories. Yeah. Even subconsciously. Mm-hmm. People have experience of well when they were kids, like you go to the dentist, the dentist gives you candy. Yeah. When you're leaving. The dentist is training you. Mm-hmm. That's like old training and like mm-hmm. hypnosis. Yeah. And, and people it- hypnotize themselves throughout life. And other people sometimes hypnotize them as well and aid in it. Yeah. But it's all like hypnosis and subconscious and I, manipulation. I think a lot of things are, are mask, masked in culture. Although it is still your culture, it becomes a... How can you not do this? This is this is your culture. This is where you're from. This is what we've always done, um, especially when it comes to food. Because there, you know, as you grow and you're like, okay, maybe this, um, this is not. I I won't say anything about culture. Not really culture. This would be maybe an American thing. I don't know. But like this deep fried Twinkie or this deep fried Oreo because we always had it when we were younger. And as you get older, you might be like, every time I eat this thing, I want to throw up or like whatever. So your kind of your palate is moving away. And with certain cultures, it's like. How could you not? How could you not prefer this? How you can? I mean, I'm Jamaican, so and I love my Jamaican food, but you know, so it's one of those things where you're like, you gravitate towards that, or maybe you're from the South and that Southern soul food cuisine is just, this is what I need every day, all day, but it's not conducive to you living a long, healthy life. Um, but it tastes amazing. But it was created out of the scraps of what someone who was eating well didn't want and discarded so you're already getting something that's not like the best of the best and then you're throwing seasonings and oils and butters and everything to make it taste better until it became this is the this is the taste i want regardless right and so it's it's like very it's like very different and that's not to say that they're not like white southern people who you know eat the same way but because it's become something that's just known as a staple the media thing that's a test of media as well right yeah absolutely like lobster used to be like nothing poor people's food and now it costs so much you you can only get it supposedly a luxury now i would think anything that you could get a dime a dozen would be you know something that anyone can have but then all of a sudden you put these restraints on it um and restrict people so i would say not to cut your wisdom lord (laughs) but i was still thinking about the friend thing Mm-hmm. I would have to classify a friend as someone that you can discuss those things with. Yeah. Without like, completely breaking the friendship. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I know there's people that I, I mean, I may not be as close with now, but I know growing up that there were some people that were strict Christians and won't even entertain any other religion, even the parts that are very similar and that you could kind of open up and say, oh, this makes sense. We're kind of, we can work together in a certain way. Just won't. And if you say anything about it, that's it. And 
you're evil or whatever. And I say that because I've had a personal experience of that, but... um, Well, it's wild because the Bible says maybe it was Jesus directly who said that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that accepting true knowledge will cause a rift between the closest found familial relations. Father yeah. and son, mother and daughter, brother and brother, shit like that. So it's never like it's never like clear cut. Yeah. And I believe a real friend would be someone you can discuss these things and there should always be a way you can reach a conclusion through conversation. Because this there has to be only one truth. I believe there's mm-hmm. one truth. There are many perspectives on that truth. And sometimes people interpret their perspective as the truth. If I have limited information, I come to the best conclusion I could come to, and that would be my truth. Yeah. But presenting new information, I would change my perspective. Some people don't change their perspective, and they're not willing to at all. Because of where they got the info, excuse me, where they got the information from, and I believe a friend would be somebody that you could actually have this conversation with, and then come to a mutual agreement and move forward. Like if you have a conversation with certain things about certain things with your coworkers, they'll report you. Yep, quick. So I wouldn't say those people are genuinely friends. Yeah. You no. can have a conversation with a family member and then they won't want to talk to you anymore. Yep. And also try to get other people to not talk to you anymore. Right. But I wouldn't call them friends either. Mm-hmm. You know what I found? As you're saying that, it just made me remember something. Because, yes, you do have those friend groups where, like you said, you'll, you, talk to the, you talk about this and all of a sudden they don't want to talk to you anymore or whatever. And, you know, are not as accepting as they should be. But I have noticed that when people have friends that are racist or sexist, um, a lot of the times it's very easy for people to overlook. Like they'll just, oh, that's just such and such. Or not only just friends, but like older relatives or whatever. It's like, oh, they're, they don't mean any harm. They're just, that's just, that's just how they are. They, they don't really, they're harmless or whatever um, for certain certain things. And then for other things, it's like, no, that's it. Can't can't do it. I mean, right, it but they wouldn't wrongly, go. people have done that with like sexual abuse in, in minors in families with other family members, and just been like, oh, we just keep the, we just keep the kids away from that person, as opposed to why is that person like, why are you not dealing with the situation the way you should? But I guess for some, but they wouldn't necessarily go out and befriend someone that they know does yeah, that already. Exactly. Like that's that's it's kind of that's kind of weird to me. It's really weird. That's off. Like that's real off. Cause like you're quick to you would be quick to blacklist somebody. Like oh no, this person's whatever. But you have someone that's in your group that's like that. We were just watching. I mean, I, it's also I don't know. It's not exactly the same thing, but like if you don't say you don't 
do drugs and like you're super against people that do drugs and that's a whole big thing but then you might have a friend group that does a lot of drugs and it's like well that's just them I keep it away but they can still be your friend you can still interact and everything and you can you can see what they do outside of that that you like and you care about but like you're ready to like write someone else off because of you know what they do so but I I think I thought that's what (laughs) isn't that what Martin Luther King wanted (laughs) he wanted us to write people off for what they do and not how they look (laughs) For the content of their character, right. your content of your character might not actually be what you do. There might be the content of your no, character is exactly what you do. There some things can happen. There, I mean, I get that for the most part, but there are some things that like stuff happens and you end up in situations um, involuntarily, and you can kind of kind of rehab that okay, and so be like, this is not what it was supposed to. If be. you bounce, because for every situation you can name like that. Mm-hmm. There's someone who is in that same situation mm-hmm. and turned out the opposite way. Yeah. That's the content of their character. You can be exposed to something mm-hmm. and your character will either make you accept it or fight against it. Well, maybe it'll make you accept it and then later fight against it when you're stronger. Or maybe your life ended before you got to the hump where you would have been fighting against it. There's a lot of scenarios. And I agree with what you're, what you're saying. And I agree with that. I just don't think the content of your character I don't think that some sometimes the things that you do can be all encompassing of the content of your character itself sometimes you you sacrifice all of it is though huh all of it is sometimes we have hope for people certain people because of our attachment to those people and we want them to be able to change and we want to say that if they had an opportunity they would change even though they're not showing you that that's what they would do yeah you want that when you when you care about someone, yeah. But we all also know. I would I think we all know someone who has been given a raw deal, like have done things that are not great. But we know, like maybe the people that they're around might love to do that, and that's what they want to do. But this person does not, and every every chance they get, they're trying to get out of it, trying to move on. And society and life is not always fair for everybody. And sometimes you just end up doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, whether that's female male whatever there's just things happen and then you move on or maybe like some people have a kid and then their mind is like okay like they fix whatever or some people have there's a there's a bunch of different things i tried it might just be me being optimistic um but i i don't think that that is as cut and dry as it's a seems. person's character is shown in hardships But maybe a part of their character, like maybe a part of your character is your character is caring for someone so much that you would do anything for them. And the that thing you that would, you do is bad. That you would sacrifice your character and who yes. you claim to be. Yes. Like your child. Well, that makes hungry, that part homeless. of your character. Part of your character is that you are a sacrificing person. Yes. Sacrificing is how you choose to look at it to make yourself feel better. I'm using the word or that you, you said. Use, you said sacrifice part of your character. So I said sacrifice would be part of the character. Part of your character and who you claim to be. Because your character is what you do, not what you say you would do. So if you're going, you're willing to do something against who you claim to be, then you're not really that person that you think you are. And who you are is the person that does those things. 
I don't know. I I don't necessarily agree, but I can't wholeheartedly. I don't have a definition in front of me of what character is, so I will go with yours. The content of your character. Not the partial content of your character. Not part of your character that you're willing to accentuate. Okay. All right, we've been talking for over an hour. Um, so I think it's time for things that Buck finds interesting. I find it interesting that people... I was going to try to flip what we were just talking about to drag it on. But um, I saw some things in the media that I found interesting. There is a human-monkey hybrid embryo that was created by a joint China-U.S. scientist team. I hate everything about what you just said. <laughs> wow. And what is the point of that? That's what I don't understand either. I have no idea what the point is. But I'm going to go to the article. There's like so many... Just hearing that sentence makes... that There's no good that I see. And like so many... Like that's the beginning of like... A hundred movies right now. Like, you could just be I like... I think the point of science is to prove that things can be done even if they shouldn't be done. I hate that. Because we are... Like I said earlier, there's like a debate of right and wrong. There's no consensus throughout this world on what right and wrong is. And scientists are not even engaged in that. Matter of fact, they're the main proponent of the debate and right and wrong. Because they just want to know what is possible. Yeah. And if you can't prove to them, actually, it doesn't even matter if you could prove to them because the whole point of science is proving and disproving actual things and theories. It's crazy. So if you say, why are they doing this? The whole, they could breed a whole race of people, half monkey, half person, that would take over the world. There would be a scientist willing to say, that's not what they would do. And I'll prove it to you. <laughs> and then they go, whoops. <laughs> like, what? Right. Like, what is going on in life? That's insane. A team of scientists from the U.S., China, and elsewhere have developed embryos that are a mix of human and monkey cells for the first time in history. The researchers injected 25 stem cells from humans known as induced pluripotent stem cells or ISP cells into embryos from macaque monkeys. Mm -mm. The scientists then grew the mixed embryos and test tubes for up to 20 days in order to study how the animal and human cells communicate with one another. The idea behind the research is to determine whether or not Monkeys could eventually be able to grow human organs for transplants. Oh my gosh. So that's that's the spin. That's the media we're talking about. That's the spin. Let us do this because we could we could get these organs. Right. That even with humans donating their organs, there's very limited like the spe special blood types and this and that, whatever. But 
And then you got to walk around talking about you got a monkeys or something inside. And I don't know. They just want to be able to say that they don't. They had to come up with a good reason why. I, they had to make yeah, sense. Exactly. They want to put that. So someone who's suffering or people who have, oh my gosh, yes, this would be a great idea. And then we're not using humans and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Wow. In other science news, <laughs> in a video released by researchers, a tiny little robot akin to a T-1000 Terminator cyborg can be seen escaping a teeny weeny jail cell. Oh my word. I was I was somewhat joking before when I was like, this is the beginning of all these movies for the last thing you said. This is insane and ridiculous. That's definitely the beginning of a movie, right? That's that is a whole movie right there. They even used a reference to the movie. I tell you, they're like, look, this is what it is. This is where we got it from. Like you just they just watched the movie and were like, let's see if we could do this. Are you insane? Why? The robot is a solid robot. Anybody who doesn't know what T-1000 is, T-1000 was a robot in the Terminator movie, and it could change itself to liquid form and then back to a solid metal form. I, mm-mm. It's like those uh, the, the Mars sand thing, whatever, that you make in school where it's like sand and then when you like when you hit it it's like when you squeeze it it's really hard and then you let go it's like liquid and it just starts to move and then you do it again it's like solid and you can't and then it starts to move again and ooze and everyone's like oh this is so great this is fun until this thing is turning into a liquid and coming into your home and doing some craziness to you and then like I can't I cannot well the the uh, tiny robot was put in the cell and the video shows it turned into liquid form to go between the bars mm-hmm. and then solidifying itself back to the original form once on the other side. Mm-mm. So what are they going to do now? Change cells to make them boxes instead so that stuff can't slide through? Because well, you could turn the liquid and a, go into jail and break someone out. Well, this is a robot. So the funny, the wild part to start it off with is that it's thinking that it should do this thing. Yeah. So it has a purpose. Yeah. And then it figures out how to do it. Yeah. And then the way it does it is just something that's spectacular itself by turning the liquid and then reforming yourself. That's insane. Now combine that with the other robots that they made. Yep. That can reproduce themselves. Mm. And there's all kind of problems going on. You can have two robots in one. This one could turn the liquid and go on the outside of the other one. Go into somewhere and you, it goes into a room, whatever, where it's allowed to be. Slide back out, do some other... This is insane. And, and develop itself and connect to AI. And connect, yeah. With so all the stuff that we're automatically giving everyone for free anyway, all our intellectual property, everything we're telling, all the information, how we talk, that's why ChatGPT can reproduce uh, text so quickly and make it sound like you and act like you and all different kind of age levels and this and that. And yeah. And then they can reproduce themselves. Collecting all that info, reproduce themselves and be a better you than you. Get rid of you altogether. You're not needed. But that's like conspiracy theory. I was here complaining about having to check out my own stuff in a store that I don't work, but now, that's insane. I thought those things were interesting. Those are very interesting. 
All right. Well, in entertainment news, you have something, right? Entertainment? Uh, sports news, I should say. Oh, yeah, LeBron. I was going to skip that, but everybody should know that LeBron is going to break Kareem's record. I agree. As he should. (laughs) I agree wholeheartedly that that's going to happen. That's coming real soon. Coming real soon with all the extra hate that comes with it as well, but coming real soon. And I think with the way basketball is going, that his record will last longer than Kareem's record did. Kareem's record, I believe, lasted for like 30-something years. Wow, that'd be crazy, right? Yeah. Because who's the next closest to him? I'm not sure. Maybe Kevin Durant? So we shall see. Because, you know, people be getting hurt. They load management, all that. I don't know. That's what I was going to say with the load management and the, the injury management going on. Like, this is the way that players are being groomed and mm-hmm. they're accepting this way of play so yeah people will probably won't even play as many games as LeBron played during the season and LeBron was getting flagged for not playing as many games as Jordan and, and Kareem during seasons yeah but so that would probably is, just decrease we were talking about people as commodities um, before but the thing is if you're trying to you're trying to kind of think about your investment and you want to make sure that you're doing what you need to do. You're not thinking about that person. So unless you are a LeBron that can say, no, you better play me, like people are not, you're going to have to play what you're playing. That's it. So you don't have that, you know, you don't have that luxury of even saying, I want to beat this record and I'm going to do what it takes to do it because you still have to answer to someone else. Somebody brought to my attention also that AAU basketball is like all year now. Is it? Yeah, like it didn't used to be all year all the time like it used to be like a basketball season Mm. but now they're like playing all year long so they're getting run down a lot earlier earlier yeah that takes a toll all of that takes a toll it's the reason why there's no like old gymnasts those other all the other sports where you are all year round doing it your body can only take so much you know unless you have some type of thing in other sports news the uh what's that the conference championships are today Oh, yeah. The Eagles against the 49ers. Mm. What time is that? I know I'm going to miss it. Three. Three. The first game is at three. I'm not sure which one comes on because the Chiefs play. The Chiefs play the Bengals as well. I'm not sure which game comes on first. I might be able to see. I won't be able to see the whole thing because at four o'clock I have to go. But whatever. That's nobody else's business. (laughs) Just, um, So I'm picking, I'm picking the Bengals to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, Mahomes is hurt still, right? Yeah, a little he's bit. He's supposed to play, but he's, you know. But it don't matter because the Bengals beat the Chiefs a lot with Pat Mahomes there. Yeah, Like, it's okay. like they just can't beat him. Okay. And then the other game, who are you picking? I got the Eagles over the 49ers. Yeah. I think they're pretty evenly matched as far as offense and defense, but then I have to give the edge to the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, over Brock Purdy. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Is his name Brock? I think it is Brock Purdy. His last name is Purdy. Well, that makes sense. All right, our health tip of the week. Health tip of the week, don't smoke crack. Don't smoke crack, because crack is whack. Um, 
or fentanyl. Let's not do that either. Um, all right. We've been talking for over an hour. Um, so I hope you enjoyed. Um, I hope you learned some things or gained some insights. And I will go ahead with my closing remarks. Learn to love who you are while striving to be a better version of you each day. Don't base your actions solely on your emotions. Try to find principles to live by and base your actions on those. Aim to be a good person and then stick to your word as closely as you can. You cannot please everyone, so just try to be good and everything else will work itself out. Seriously, <sighs> Jerry Springer with these closing remarks. Man, whatever. I wanted to end on a somewhat high note, although that Tyre Nichols body cam footage, I no words, so I'm not we're not gonna really talk about that, but I will. We could talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week. It's, that's gonna take that ugh, that's a thing. All right. Strength, love and blessings. Always in all ways.